Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu/visit. Ready, set, Welcome to Steeler Nation Live out of Rochester, New York. Your home for Steelers news info and other sports news. With your host Sanders Tisdale and James Owen, and new anchor, former Super Bowl kicker Jeff Reed. Welcome to Steeler Nation Live. I'm James Owen. I'm Sanders Tisdale. And our next guest spent his entire NFL career with the Pittsburgh Steelers from 1963 to 1976. Played linebacker and had 18 career interceptions, running back a fumble for 93 yards against the Colts in a playoff game for a TD. This gentleman was a seven-time Pro Bowler, first-team All-Pro in 1975, two-time Super Bowl champion, Pittsburgh Steelers all-time team, and original member of the infamous Steeler Curtain defense. It gives me great pride and joy to introduce Andy Russell to Steeler Nation Live. Welcome, Andy. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for the call. Hey, no problem, brother. It is great to have you on Steeler Nation Live tonight. You know what? There are a lot of people that listen to this show, a lot of people who watch the video, but the fact is, hearing it and coming from a legend like yourself, brother, you you are much appreciated. Appreciated, excuse me. You got me on all oh, up yeah. in edge just just knowing that I'm talking to a legend right here on Steeler Nation Live. <laughs> Well, I don't think of myself as a legend, <laughs> but I but I was a uh, technical player. I, I tried to use my brain a little bit. Now, Andy, we're going to go back just a couple of years. Uh, born in Detroit, moved to New York, then St. Louis, Missouri. You really didn't start playing football until your sophomore year in high school. Can you tell us what it was like growing up in the Russell family? Well, uh, my father was a... Uh, uh, had been born in Glasgow, Scotland, so he he had not grown up with any of American sports, uh, you know, whether it was football or basketball or whatever. So he wasn't gung ho. He was a tennis player, but um, so I grew up uh, without any pressure to be an athlete. But uh, we moved all the time. He said, "You know, son, you're going to be you're going to be what's called a uh, corporate brat, <laughs> not a military brat, a corporate brat." And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, every time I get promoted, we're going to move. So I, I was born in Detroit, lived there eight years, moved to Chicago for two and a half years, moved to New York for four years, and then moved to St. Louis, which is the company's headquarters of Monsanto. And, of course, that's why I went to the University of Missouri. I had 24 scholarship offers wow. out of high school. And uh, and the University of Missouri was had Dan Devine as their coach, and he had the governor calling my dad. He had the mayor calling my dad. I mean, it was, it was, I was no way I was in uh, that state. But I'm, in, in retrospect, I'm, I'm really happy I went there. It was a good school and uh, a great coach, and we did well. And, you know, and he saw something in me that I didn't, I didn't uh, expect because I was a running back in, in high school, scoring all these touchdowns and that sort of thing. And that's why I got the scholarship offers. But uh, Devine said, you know, you're a linebacker. I said, what? Wow. Yeah, I didn't want to be a linebacker. But I, he, he made me a linebacker. But my... my uh, Junior year in Missouri, I, I led the team in rushing, led the team in receptions and interceptions. <laughs> wow! And uh, you know, just that you know, was a, in those days. You played two ways, so you could do that. And uh, I, I went back my senior year, hoping to improve those stats. And Devine says, "No, Andy, you know, you get tired in the fourth quarter. I'm the only going to play you at linebacker." <laughs> uh, what about quarterback? <laughs> I, I, obviously, uh, you know, obviously, uh, it worked out. 
uh, he was right and I was wrong because uh, linebacker would be what I what I could do better. After college in 1963, here comes the NFL draft. Where did you see yourself being selected in the NFL draft and by who? Well, let me let me tell you a story. My father uh, and my mother had moved to Brussels, Belgium, my freshman year in Missouri. And uh, I, I did get to go. Uh, Monsanto would pay my way over in the summertime, so I'd see my parents in, in the summer. But uh, they weren't, you know, at any of my games, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, uh, my, but my father had called me my senior year after the season was over. He said, son, promise me you'll never play pro football. Wow. And I, and I, and I, and I said, well, you know, I, I can't play pro football because I got this ROTC you know, commitment. So I'm going to Germany for two years as an army lieutenant and no team's going to take me two, you know, two years later. That's not going to happen. So I, I figured there's no, there's no way I'm playing professional football. But I said, yeah, I just out of curiosity. Why would you say that? He said, cause he would humiliate the Russell family. I'd be a worker. He's yelling at me from Brussels, Belgium. So you know, when I, when I went through the, uh, you know, when I, my, my senior year after the football season, you start getting all these things from the, the teams, the pro teams, and they ask you all these questions. They didn't have uh, tryout camps in those days. They just asked you a lot of questions. And and the first question was always, are you interested in playing pro football? And I wrote, no, and didn't fill out the form and sent it back. The only team that didn't send me one was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. And the reason they didn't send me one is Buddy Parker hated rookies, and he didn't care. That amazes us just hearing that. Yeah, you know, that's that stuff you don't hear on a daily basis. This is this is behind the scenes. You know, this is like when we do our interviews, uh, Andy, this is what we love to find out about people. We could always get out there and ask you questions about uh, this year you did this, that, and that, stat, numbers, this, numbers, that. But how did you get to where you're at? A lot of people don't understand that. And by listening to this, you're going to open up a lot of people's eyes and awaken these Steeler fans like, wow, you know, I really loved Andy Russell, but I didn't, I never knew. Well, you know, it was it was just an unusual thing because what happened was I, I, I knew I had my ROTC commitment. I knew I'd be going to Germany for two years. and I, But I the Steelers drafted me. I didn't even know they drafted me because I wasn't watching the draft because I'd signed all these forms and said, no, I'm not interested. And and so I go into the to, – we have a bowl game to play in, in Houston against uh, Georgia Tech. I go in to, to work out. At, at Missouri, and uh, one of my teammates says, "Hey, Russell, congratulations!" I'm, I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" <laughs> he says, "You were," he says, "You were drafted." I said, "No, I'm ROTC." I thought he meant I was drafted <laughs> in the military. <laughs> That's how far my brain was from you know being an NFL player. And they said, "Oh," they said, "No, you were drafted by the NFL." I said, "Who?" They said, "The Pittsburgh Steelers." I said, "Well, they wasted a draft choice because I can't, you know, I got to go to Germany." Well, as it turns out, the military, for some reason, I don't remember why, decided to have me not show up until January. So, you know, you graduate in June, and you got all the fall. So, all of a sudden, I started thinking, well, maybe, you know, maybe I should play professional football. That would be a, a kind of an interesting experience, you know, at least have one year before I go to the military. And uh, it worked out a little bit better than that. I, I did make the all-pro rookie team, and I got very lucky because Buddy Parker hated rookies and didn't want to play any rookies. But I, they had to play me because everybody in Farley got hurt. <laughs> so l- let me ask you this, Andy. You, you played your rookie year for, for Buddy Parker. Um, you had a great rookie season. Okay, so I was 64 and five hours in Germany as a lieutenant. Came back 
in '66 went to graduate school, and but, but I knew I, I wanted to play. You know, I was in the desk and used the Steeler money to pay for the graduate school. So at '67, '67 and '68 was Bill Austin. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And and he, and he was a uh, uh, assistant coach for uh, the Green Bay Packers. And he came to the Steelers, and he was, you know, pretty decent coach, but he was struggling because we, you know, as, as Coach Noel uh, told us a uh, year later, 1969, his his first year, he, he, he his first speech he gives to the team, you know, you know, 80 guys sitting in the room, and he says, I can tell you guys why you've been losing. I've been watching the game films. And we, you could have heard a pin drop because we had a lot of good guys who cared, and we, you know, we, we had constant meetings about why are we so bad do we have a flawed psyche? What's wrong with us? You know, that kind of thing. And um, he, he said that, you know, what's wrong with you is uh, you're not any good. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said. You're not any good. You can't run fast enough. You can't jump high enough. You're not quick enough. You're not tough. Your, your, your techniques are flawed, blah, blah, blah. And he just went on and on and, and said, I'm going to I'm gonna have to get rid of most of you. And wow. I think five guys... Five guys in that room made it to the Super Bowl. And you were one of them. Yeah, I was one of them. Now, did you have a conversation at all with Chuck Noll, one-on-one bases? And what was discussed during that conversation about your playing ability? Well, I, I did actually have a uh, discussion with him. Prior to that meeting I just described, he, he, I was working in my office uh, selling syndicates to deals for, for Wall Street. And uh, uh, I got a call from the release, and they said, we want you to come over to the stadium and meet your new coach and say hello to him. I said, okay. And he said, because he wants to talk to you. So I go over. I'm so naive, I think he's going to compliment me because I, I made my first Pro Bowl in 68. And um, I thought he was going to compliment me. <laughs> and I, go walk into, I walk into his office, and he's just the emotions for me just to sit down doesn't even get up and say hello because he's working on some papers. Then he gets he he finally looks up and he says, uh, uh, "Russell, uh, I've been watching the game film since I took this job, and I don't like the way you play." <laughs> he wow. said, "You're too you're too aggressive." Well, nobody has ever told me I was too aggressive. <laughs> you're too aggressive. You're 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 trying to make the big play. Well, coach, we're losing all the time. Yeah, but you're trying to make the big play, and I'm going to change the way you play. You'll be a better player in your 30s than you were in your 20s. Wow. And uh, he was Chris. He was right about that. So during your tenure with the Steelers, Andy, uh, you had many awards, many achievements, uh, two Super Bowl wins, nine and ten. Can you walk us through uh, your first Super Bowl and which one of those two was more? Um, special to you we all know the first one is maybe kind of special but which one was it to you uh nine or ten well i think i think that um first of all just to go back you know uh, one of the things that i uh was so proud of uh, as a Steeler was i was a Steeler captain for 10 years i don't know if you knew that right yes. and uh that that's 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 a record that's not going to be broken for a long time i don't think um, and, and, I, and I did make the all-decade team uh, chosen by the Hall of Fame committee. Uh, so that, I was part of those things. But then, you know, uh, basically uh, those two Super Bowls, you know, Wayne Mansfield and I were the old-timers, and we, we were, you know, sitting in the bus down in New Orleans, 
going to the stadium and I said, can we really do this? Can we win the Super Bowl? Now, we thought we could beat the Vikings because we had beaten them in Pittsburgh and we had played, we had played them and so we knew we knew we could do it. Or maybe, maybe it was in, that we beat, we beat them in, in Minnesota, but we, you know, I can't remember exactly, but uh, we, we knew we could, we could play in their league, you know, they weren't going to blow us out. So we, we played a, you know, we played a pretty good game and uh, uh, a lot of guys made big plays and Franco had a all-time rushing record and it was it was impressive. You know, you guys went from so many years of, you know, losing with the Steelers, and the fact is you bring in Chuck No, who ends up being a Hall of Fame coach, tur- turns everything around, and like you said, you know, maybe there's only five guys that actually went on to go to the Super Bowl. That had to be such a deep feeling of jubilation to, to you know what, I went from all those years coming out here, playing playing in some rough games, losing and losing for years, and now we're the king of the hill now. I mean, how was that whole feeling for you? Oh, uh, you're right. I, I mean, it was absolutely, I mean, just jubilation is a word you use, which was, it was awesome. I mean, we just, we were just almost in shock because we had all of, you know, most of us had played, um, like my, I had played high school football. We won almost every game. I think we lost one or two games our my entire high school career. And then we, Missouri, we lost only one or two games. So we really had good teams. So I was, I was used to coming off really good teams and I, and, and I just couldn't understand why the Steelers were, were, Better, uh, and he was basically saying, I, "You know, I'm going to get rid of most of you because you're not that good." And and what happened was he, you know, the draft was where he was. I think made his most amazing uh, choices. I mean, Joe Green was somebody that no one had ever heard of. Heard of? Uh, he was from a North Texas state or something like that, and yet he turned out to be, you know, he was the player of the decade. I mean, an awesome player. And it just went on and on like that. And you have Swan and Stallworth and Franco and Joe and and Bradshaw. You know, it goes on and on. Wagner and, and the deep, a lot of great defensive players. Ham and Lambert. You know, unbelievable. Just the fact that you were on the field, more or less, and Hall of Famer in our in our eyes, and a lot of other individuals out there, you're a Hall of Famer. So you best believe that. But the fact is, you know, we're still trying to wrap our heads around it. Why is it not happening yet? But Anybody, you go and you check out the stats on Andy Russell, and you see this guy, the things he's done. Like we said at the beginning of the show, seven-time Pro Bowler, first-team All-Pro 1975. This guy, M- MVP, Steelers MVP 1971. And the fact is, we read your, your interception stats, 18 interceptions for 238 yards and one touchdown. You know that running backs out there who play for prospective teams and don't have 230 yards rushing their whole career. I mean, this is amazing, and you get this from a defensive standard. Anybody out there listening to this interview tonight, this guy right here, Andy Russell, should be in the Hall of Fame, and I'm stating that here tonight. Yeah, I, I agree, and and let me let me put this in there too. Uh, we all have to remember uh, Andy Russell was amongst several other uh, Hall of Fame players, other superstars on a team, so it wasn't like he was by himself – and, you know, he had to work against other people just as good, if not better, in some aspects of the game. And for him not to be in the Hall of Fame, and, you know, I'm not speaking as uh, a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I'm, I'm speaking as a football fan. This, this is a travesty. It's, it's, it's almost a disgrace. And you're very humble, Andy. We appreciate you coming on the show. And we just want you to know that there's people out there who, who honestly believe you need to be in that hall. Well, as I told you before, I'm not going to hold my breath on that, but I just, 
I'm just, you know, I have a great memory of uh, my experience, a lot of wonderful friends that I still get to see, Hammond Lambert, guys like that, you know, at various events. And uh, so it's, it's a wonderful feeling. And, you know, I, I feel very lucky to have had that experience. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that's just the on-field accolades. You know, it, it takes a special person to do what you did on the field, Annie, but also what you've done off the field. And folks at home, if you're listening, if you're keeping score at home, get your pens, get your papers out. And just a couple of the things that Annie Russell has done as far as charitable contributions and foundations uh, around Pittsburgh and pretty much every, everywhere, Pennsylvania or whatnot, just to name a few, the Children's Hospital Free Care Fund, the Ronald McDonald House, the Leukemia Society, the Cancer Society, Economics PA, Cystic Fibrosis, the Mother's Hope, Juvenile Diabetes, SIDS, Pittsburgh Vision Services, just to name a few. Now, you bought all this the foot, on, on the field and off the field. This right here, this, this gentleman should be in the Hall of Fame with on the field and off the field because that's what it's about, your representation of the team and the person. Well, you know, the Roonies uh, taught us to, to give back to the community. It was important to do that. And uh, we, we kind of grew up uh, with uh, uh, the, the challenge of raising money for various uh, meaningful ch- uh, charitable donations and that sort of thing. So it, it, it's, it's, I mean, I've, I've loved doing that. And now I'm pretty much retired from my business and uh, focused most, mostly on that. That's great, especially when you know, when you see a guy who's, you know, meticulous as you were like you said you know on the the football standard and like you said you took that off the field and you helped you use it to help others and nobody can debate that in the nfl or outside of the nfl circles as impressive you were but let me ask you this andy when was it that you came up and you woke up that day and you finally said you know what it's time for me i'm tired of playing football and it's time to finally take off the cleats what actually set in your mind said you know what this is it well uh you know i was um my last season was 76, and I was 35 years old, and I, and I, and I, felt, I felt the age. Uh, I, played, uh, I played 12 years in the NFL, but I played 14 years because I played in Germany as well. So, I mean, I did, I'd had, then I had all that college. And so your, your body is going to feel, um, you know, whether it's your knees, your ankles, your hips, your shoulders, your – you have – you know, you can't you can't be that long without hurting every single joint in your body. I mean, frankly, and and of course, I, I was lucky that I never missed a single game in high school, college, or pro, um, because I, I I would play hurt, and that was a you know the mantra of the old guys I played with in the early '60s, guys like Ernie Stotner. I mean, he comes into the into the huddle one time with a with a compound fracture that stuff, his bone sticking out in the huddle. He won't even leave the he won't leave the place. He won't leave the game for one play. I, I think Unbelievable. I, I think I remember hearing this story, and th- uh, I correct me if I'm wrong, Andy. And I think somebody went to to Coach Knoll and tried to describe this to him. And I think Coach Knoll's response was, "What are you, a doctor now? <laughs> Get back out there and play." I I just maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I heard this in one of the, one of those uh, NFL films that I've watched in the past. But uh, yeah, I think that's pretty funny. Now. Getting to uh, the game of old and the new game of football right now, they got the new, they got the movie Concussion out. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, what are your views on what the NFL is doing, if anything, in your opinion, 
about the concussions going on in the NFL? Well, you know, the concussions have certainly uh, been decreased because they've now um, made the, the game a lot safer because, you know, when we played, Ham and Lammer and I, we'd, we'd go for people's heads and, and, and if you can stop somebody's head, you stop him, you know. That, right. So we'd put, our, we'd put our helmet right underneath his chin. So uh, I'm sure we caused some concussions, and we also got concussions. I had 10 I can remember and probably another 10 I can't remember. Wow. Uh, my, my, uh, our foundation, our family foundation, uh, gives money to the UPMC Concussion Center, which is the largest concussion center in the country. And um, so I, and my wife said, why don't you go take the test? And I said, why? And she said, because you forget things. You know? <laughs> and I decided to do that. I went over and took all the tests. And, uh, and they said, well, you know, you're, you're okay. It, 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 you know, we can't say that, that your NFL experience had anything to do with that. It's just so many people have this, have this who've never played a down of football, and they have, you know, this Alzheimer's or, you know, different mental problems, uh, forgetting things as they get older. And so it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. And I'm just, frankly, I'm, I'm hoping that the, that the NFL does not sissify the game. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. There's, right. there's ways of going about a business, doing it uh, properly and doing it safely. And people, I mean, you know, football is a contact sport understandable and like you said early in the day you went for people's heads and stuff like that because that's what they did in the past but football is football you wear a helmet and pads for a reason you know what i mean exactly you know? yeah i mean i can remember i can remember playing against a a, a, a big uh tackle who was like uh, six five two eighty five and i you know i was 215 and uh so i i he, the tight end would block down and this guy pull on me and i said coach how do you think i should deal with this guy and he said, uh, what do you mean? I said, well, he's 285 pounds and I'm, you know, I'm on just 215 and, uh, you know, I, I need to have a strategy and maybe I'll fake him out and jump around him. And, you know, he said, no, no. He said, just what, what, what about his head? He said, how much do you think his head weighs? <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> I said, what? <laughs> what? Oh. He said, yeah, what, what do you think his head weighs? I said, I don't know what his head weighs. Maybe 40 pounds. I don't know. But uh, he said, well, you stop his head, you'll stop him. Oh boy. And I that, and that's what I did the whole game. I just hit his hit him in the head. <laughs> oh, I tell you, you know what? And, and and talking to Andy, and you know he's that throwback type of player. You know, and let's let's get it straight now. There's a lot of guys out there who love the old school throwback type of players because we knew you guys were tough as nails. And you know what? When you watch football nowadays, Andy, I mean, realistically, how does that make you feel when you see some of these guys who are out for things that you know you said back in my day? I would I would have played with it and had no issue at all. I mean, how does that make you feel as a, as a let's say a football fan? Yeah, well, I, I, it's so different today. I mean, guys today you know, they get hit and then they they lay there on the ground and and uh, the, the mantra in, in my back in my day, guys from guys like Ernie Stodner would, would you, look. You, you never lay on the ground. Get your butt up. It doesn't matter if you had a flash, bright flash of light, which is the concussion issue. Just get up and get back to the huddle. Make sure you get back to the huddle. Now, one time I was playing in Green Bay and I hit their fullback who could squat, you know, like 800 pounds 40 times. And his knee hit my head. And, of course, there was a bright flashlight. I knew I had a concussion. But I knew I had to get back up and I had to get back into the huddle. So I got up and I staggered back into the huddle. 
And Bart Starr said, no, Andy, you're in the wrong huddle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> well, welcome to Green Bay. <laughs> I was in the Green Bay huddle. So I, I got, you know, and, and, and I, 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 of course, immediately went back to the Stewart huddle. And uh, we made him punt a few, you know, a few plays later. And I came off the field and one of my teammates said, hey, Doc, better check out Russell. He got dinged. Oh, dinged. <laughs> and, the, and the doctor, your doctor is, uh, you know, drinking scotch. And he comes, he comes over and <laughs> he says, uh, are you a boy or a girl? <laughs> wow. And I said, and I, said I, I, said, I think I'm a boy. <laughs> You're fine. Get back in. No, <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Old school football. <laughs> Real stories. Now, Andy, we're, we're coming near the end of the interview. Uh, we know you got things you got to do. Before we get to the blitz round, you got a couple books out there. Um, a Steelers Odyssey, uh, Beyond the Goalpost, uh, An Odd Steelers Journey. Can you tell us about those books and where we can get them or how anybody can purchase them? Well, that's a good question because I'm not sure how to purchase them, purchase them myself because we were really run out of them and sold out almost everything we had printed. But but I think uh, you could go into uh, your your computer and go in, you know, and Google uh, and, and 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 Google does sell uh, those different books. We all have used, you know, they have a system where there's a used book category so you can go in and buy it cheap <laughs> and uh gently used <laughs> so, so anyway that's that's the way i would have to do it if i was getting one for myself well like we said andy it, it was a pleasure with you being with us tonight here on still a nation live and you know what just letting some of the fans hear you not just from the you know from the podium what we see on tv but hearing you just from a a fan base where the fans get the realism coming from you and just hearing you know, what we love, old school nails, yeah. you know, football. And that's what you are, brother. And we appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Well, hey, I enjoyed it. It was, uh, you know, as you could tell, I, I enjoyed talking. And, uh, <laughs> it was, you asked some good questions, and I, I appreciate it. Yep. But we come to the to the partner show, like we said, near the end of the show, where we do what we call the blitz round. And what we're going to do is, like we do with a lot of other guys out there we interview from the Steelers, we go through the, a gambit of questions, and we ask you, see what, see what comes off the top of your head, Andy. And you know what? You know, I know you've been dinged a couple of times, and I, you seem sharp as, a, sharp as a knife, brother. So what we're going to do is we're going to start up the blitz round, and we're going to start it off with question number one. All right, Andy, best advice ever given to you? Best advice uh, ever given to me was by Ernie Stodner. Never lay on the ground. Get up and go back to the huddle. <laughs> Tell it to Tom Brady. <laughs> Number two, favorite thing about Pittsburgh? Well, I love this city. It's a beautiful city. Uh, I've lived all over the the world. Actually, I've been in Brazil. Uh, I mean, uh, in uh, various places in Europe. And uh, basically, I think Pittsburgh is a beautiful city. It's it's uh, got good businesses. It's got a lot of jobs and. Uh, and it's it's beautiful. I mean, it's got the it's got the three rivers, and so I, I I'm I'm a, I'm never going to leave here. Beautiful, Andy. I love to eat, and I go to Pittsburgh all the time. What is your favorite place, or where is your favorite place to eat in Pittsburgh? Well, uh, probably I'll I'll tell you that it's, it's the Duquesne Club because <laughs> that's that's where I work out. And uh, in fact, I'm sitting here in the in the workout area right now, and um, I'll I'll be going to dinner there. You know. Beautiful. You got to love it. I tell you, you got to love yeah. this guy. In one word, describe the Rooney family. Uh, the Rooney family uh, were, were 
wonderful. They, they, they taught us uh, a lot about how to be a good citizen in this country and uh, how to give back to the to to our neighbors and things like that, and and to get involved in various charitable efforts and so forth. And the, you know, the chief, I, I was one of the few players that was allowed to negotiate my contract with the chief, and he was, uh, and he and then maybe that's just because I was the captain, and uh, he would let me uh, talk to him. And you know, like he'd see, but he was really smart. He was, he was of course, trying to trying to make a, a living uh, with a business that, that in those days was nothing like it is today. I mean, the NFL is just unbelievable today. Steeler, Steeler linebackers today may make more in one game than I made in twelve years. Cumulative. Wow, that's something. <laughs> that's crazy. Now, out of all the years and all the championships and Super Bowls that the Steelers have played. What year do you believe was the best Steeler year of all time? Well, I think it was uh, 1974 for the su- first Super Bowl, because that was Super Bowl nine. And until you win one, you, you don't know you really can do it. You, you know, it's just like they were asking guys today if they're going to win the Masters, and, and if, they, if they have never done it, they don't know. They, they can't answer that. But uh, uh, So th- that, that game and that, that season – was was really uh, a spectacular season, and you know I, I loved every minute of it. Wow, actually, I'm, I want to agree with them. Um, you know, and I really didn't, you know, get to see that much of football. I was still a young guy then, but the oh, fact geez. is, from, from what I remember and watching on videos and stuff like that, you guys at that time truly, truly dominated the NFL. So you know, I agree with them yeah. totally on that. Yep. All right, number seven. If you could change one thing in your past. A do-over. What would it be, Andy? Um, I'd be a better student in uh, in in both uh, undergraduate. Uh, you know, I, I'd learned to be a good student in, in masters in my, getting my master's degree, but I was I just didn't make the effort to to pay attention to what the teachers were saying, and then uh, you know, and and so uh, I thought I was dumb, <laughs> but the reason I was dumb. Is I wasn't I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't you know writing things down. I wasn't making. I was memorizing things, and I learned how to memorize things, right. and that really helped. It helped me in football. I, I memorized what the opponent had done the last three years, every down and yardage. Now, now, Andy, if Hollywood knocked on your door, and they wanted to do a movie about Andy Russell, what actor would play you? <laughs> I have no idea. You know, I, I actually, I, I, we used to play the Pro Bowl in Los Angeles, and we would be invited to the cocktail parties, and, and I remember being offered a position in a movie. And, and they said, well, you, you, you might become an actor. And I said, no, I've got my own business back in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So but that was, I had an opportunity. I probably could have made it. But I got one for you, Andy. Burt Reynolds playing Andy Russell. Oh, that's a thought, but he's Burt Reynolds is a little short though. <laughs> yeah, but they got they got cameras on different angles. You know what I mean? They can they can make it work. I don't know as long as he didn't say Will Smith. You got to tell you, Andy. All the guys, okay. all the guys that come on the show, I don't know. They all think they look like Will Smith. So if you would have said Will Smith, it wouldn't have surprised me. Right? Now, Andy. Okay. If you were yes. if you were stuck in a foxhole, bullets flying overhead, the battles raging, 
who would you want in that foxhole battling with you? Uh, Lambert. I like that. I like wow. that. That is an animal, too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I can remember one of my most precious moments of Jack Lambert was against the Dallas Cowboys where uh, uh, we missed a field goal, and Charlie Waters came, and he, he made a little fun of our kicker, and Jack Lambert picked him up and slammed him on the ground. And I remember him saying, uh, we're not to be intimidated because we're the intimidators. I think that was my most favorite. You know what I did when he did that? I ran. I was the captain. I ran out and, and grabbed him, and I and I told him. I said, Are "You crazy? You you get thrown out of the game for doing something like that. That is the stupidest thing I ever saw." <laughs> <laughs> and he he just he just laughed and walked away. That was awesome. They just like him. Yep. Now, well, the last question or uh, for the show, the blitz round, and we'll let you go, Andy. Um, okay. We need your best Chuck Noll impersonation. Oh. Oh, I can't do that. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, I have already given a couple of his speeches that he gave. And, uh, you know, he was, he was a believer in, uh, you know, in details. He said, success is in the details. And, you know, I think he was right because, you know, if, as a, as a, uh, a linebacker, you can memorize all this stuff and, and you can, you can, you can have a pretty good, idea what the next play is going to be based on down and yards and all those other issues. Uh, so I, I think that uh, Chuck Noll's favorite uh, mantra, successes in the details, is a major factor. Amazing. That's what we said, folks. Here on Steeler Nation Live with Sanders Tisdale. James Owen here. We have the legend, the legend on the mic tonight. Future, future <laughs> Hall of Famer. Exactly. Andy Damn Russell. It. Like we said again, we want to thank you for coming out, taking time, you know, letting the fans out there hearing a true legend on the mic. Andy, much appreciation from Stiller Nation Live. Well, hey, I really enjoyed it, and I appreciate the call. And when when you get the call, I hope you call us to be there with you to get enshrined in the Hall of Fame. It's coming soon, brother. Coming soon. <laughs> I know. Don't hold your breath. But you know what? But when it does come, I want you to exhale and call us because we'll be there in Canton with you. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right, Andy. Take care of yourself. Have a great night. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.